Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us for the first media briefing of the 2019 season. Here for Hurried uh, Honda Hospitality, we appreciate all of you making the time to be with us today. It's a pretty special day. Um, we're saying goodbye to one HPD leader. And effective April 1st, we will be welcoming a new one. Uh, to my right, you all know Art St. Cyr, who's been the president of HPD for the past seven years. To my left is his successor, Ted Klaus, who joins HPD from a lengthy tenure at Honda R&D America, which included uh, the project leadership on the NSX streetcar. So gentlemen, thanks for being with us today. We're gonna start with a question for Art. Uh, you have been in charge of HPD for seven years. We came off a very successful 2018 campaign, which included an IndyCar Manufacturers Championship, as well as the Drivers' Championship. How have you prepared for the coming season during the several off-season months? All right, well, good morning, everybody, and, and thanks for coming. Uh, yeah, the question, really is about uh, last year. So la last year was, a, by all accounts, a very successful year for, uh, for Honda and, and the Honda teams. Again, it's the uh, second season in a row that all five of our teams came away with a race victory. So very, very good start. But the, uh, the one that got away from us is that we did not win the Indy 500, which is our number one company goal last year. So uh, you know, as successful as last year was, we knew there was some unfinished business. So a lot of this uh, off-season was spent working on our specif engine specification for the Indy 500 because we want to come with an even better package than we had last year. There's some bees around here. Uh, but uh, <laughs> you can't make this up, can you? Uh, so, so, so anyway, getting back to uh, our focus of the off-season is really on... Uh, working on our Indy 500 specifications while not uh, doing anything that's going to affect our success last year on the road courses as well. So, you know, as you know, the engine homologation rules are set up that, that there's a very little actual open development with this engine for 2019 and 2020 as we prepare for the 2021 engine. So, um, you know, we, we worked a lot on combustion and those types of things to, to help us out at the Speedway, and, and hopefully that'll show up this year. Thanks, Art. For Ted, this may be an unfair question two days into your tenure at an IndyCar paddock, but give us some initial impressions of, of what you've seen so far since uh, yesterday morning. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I'd love to... Again, give everyone my welcome, and uh, some of you have already welcomed me, so I really appreciate that. And that was my first impression, uh, arriving Thursday evening with Art uh, and the team, and uh, having a chance to, just, uh, meet some folks at the uh, opening party, and just feeling uh, how small, uh, tight-knit the, the overall family is. And then uh, uh, first experience with practice yesterday, uh, and kind of connecting yesterday to what Art just talked about in the off-season. And, and I'm trying to see the connection between all the preparation that has already been 
invested by all the teams, both at HPD and all our partner teams. Uh, and I guess another key word is precision. So I, I personally love that word because it matters to our brands, but seeing the precision and the professionalism in, in the cadence of the activities, uh, and perhaps racing has a, a lot of meaning in real life right now as we, as we look around. Everyone doing their role and responsibility on behalf of some team goal. Uh, we probably need that in our lives uh, a little bit more. So pretty impressive uh, reflection for me in the first couple days. Uh, but I think uh, things will heat up today and tomorrow. And uh, I'll get even more emotionally invested in, in just this first experience. Thanks, Ted. Art, um, you are transitioning to a new role as Vice President and business, unis, business Unit Head of the Auto Operations Department at American Honda. How have your experiences at HPD prepared, helped prepare you for that? So, in my, in my new role, uh, my new role, so I'm head of oper, or auto operations at, at HPD, that's my new role, which really, the way I describe it is, I look at the car from when it's conceived all the way to the point it makes it to the dealership. So, you know, product planning, public relations, so I'll still have some uh, involvement here in racing. Uh, the logistics side, also environmental vehicles and telematics and that type of stuff. So there's a lot of diverse divisions that are uh, under my purview, but uh, some of the things that uh, racing brings, and, and this goes all the way back to our founder, Suichiro Honda, but, uh, you know, so, some of the things about teamwork, you know, is really important, right? This type of environment really emphasizes that. You know, one of the things that, that Mr. Honda himself, why racing is so much in our DNA, he talks about be ready on time, right? The race is going to happen whether you're ready or not, and that's the same way in real world as well. So, so a lot of those themes that we have here um, is really going to translate directly into what we're doing and to make, making sure that we're making a, a good product for our customers, making sure that, that everybody's on the same page as how we're supposed to deliver that, that uh, product to our customers. And then number one, and the, the ultimate goal is making sure that we win in no matter what, because, because in racing, it's winner take all. And uh, you know, that, that, that's our business philosophy as well as our racing philosophy. So, Ted, same question for you. Um, how, how has your experience at Honda R&D helped prepare you for this new role, do you see? Yeah, my, my, I'd like to take a step back. Even before my experience at Honda R&D, uh, you know, I was a garage rat for my dad. Uh, I appreciated when we were working on projects where there were metric wrenches I had to fetch. Uh, English wrenches were hard for a nine-year-old to figure out how to yank them out of the toolbox. Uh, but that passion that my father instilled in me to, to take your time in life and do something that really mattered to you really translated to me having a career in Honda. And I, for 28 years, for over 28 years, I have focused on uh, kind of system integrations. I'm a, I'm a chassis engineer who became an a active torque transfer and chassis engineer and I connected active torque transfer to electromechanical brake systems. So the, the point, the simple point is I love to bring different man-machine elements together. And I love to see how you go from a, a strategy to a concept 
to a target. So Art talked about the target in the offseason. And so for every project I've worked on in the last 28 years, we have clear lap times. They're not quite as crystal clear as racing, so I'm really looking forward to that clarity. And uh, we're going to translate my 28 years of experience. But the great thing is that Art has created a championship form team within HPD and all our partners. And, and those members are stable. And they're amazing members. I had a chance to meet them. And so I, I fully intend to learn my role. Uh, I'll have some things to say that'll be challenging, like Art's been doing for the last seven years. Uh, but, but my role is to uh, align this amazing talent and keep them focused and pointed towards meeting these targets. Art, without trying to get too far ahead of ourselves, we, uh, we have a pretty important event coming up in Florida next weekend with the 12 Hours of Sebring. And our partner teams on the Acura side, Team Penske, Acura Team Penske and, and Meyershank Racing will be competing in, in that event. They're both here this weekend, one of them with Honda, one of them not. Um, talk a little bit about the sports car program and, and how that has shaped up for 2019. So the, the sports car per I'll try that again. The sports car program is that actually we're really excited about our sports park sports car program this year i can't even get it out here um you know so last year with our dpi program with, with the Acura team penske it was our first year we were still learning they're kind of learning the ins and outs of the the imsa system uh we were able to get a victory last year at uh, at mid ohio uh which was which was really great uh at you know honda's home race or honda and acura's home race but uh, that was a really big learning experience for, for not just Acura, but also the, the Team Penske and the way that we work together. Even though we've all been in sports cars before, but uh, having the two organizations work together was really great. It really had some, led to some really good preparation for this year. On the NSX side, uh, we did a, uh, an Evo for the NSX GT3. Uh, last weekend, we actually we were at Coda last weekend and uh, and finished one two uh, with with our Evo. So you know that's looking pretty successful right now. You know the uh, the Daytona race that we had the the rain marred. I, I affectionately call it the eighteen and a half hours of Daytona. You know that we did this year. Um, it was kind of more of a crapshoot, um, but we were on the lead lap for uh, for both programs. So and and both I believe had a had a real legitimate shot of winning that race if it actually went the full 24 hours so you know i don't think those results were representative of what i think we can do but uh you know sebring's next week which is another big race very bumpy course i think our uh, our dpi program is looking good you know we have alexander rossi driving for us this year so you know that's a a, a pretty exciting thing to have and uh you know our, our two teams with meyer shank racing driving the nsx gt3 Again, I think those are going to be competing for victories every race this season. So, uh, pretty exciting season going forward on the sports car side. We like how it's, how it's linked with our American Honda side in uh, in building our Acura brand, and uh, and we think both of those programs are very important going forward. And uh, we expect high success for those uh, for those vehicles, not just at Sebring but for the rest of the season as well. Thanks, Art. At this point, I'm going to open it up to questions from the floor. Uh, would ask both of our guests to please, in the interest of uh, 
a clean transcript, please repeat the question after it comes from from the floor, and we'll start with Mark. Okay, so, th so there are several questions in there. So, so, Mark, let me see if I can get this straight. So you're asking it, what type of new technology, other than the displacement change that we've announced, uh, is in that engine? And also, what is the time frame for, that, uh, for the testing of that engine to be ready for 2021? So as far as technology in that engine, so the, uh, I, I believe the, the homologation chart has been shared publicly. I'm, I'm, I'm actually not 100% sure of that. But... Uh, you know, it, it's not a huge change from the current engine. You know, so it's, so it's a 2.4 liter twin turbo V6. So, it, so it's a little bit bigger displacement. Fundamentally, it's, it's not that different from a technology standpoint. With that being said, we are looking to, you know, the real world, you know, is going electrification and, and those types of things. And, and, you know, one of Honda's viewpoints is trying to reduce the, the carbon footprint of what we do. So of course that's part of the future plan, but as far as the 2021 engine, we're just really concerned on trying to get that out the door and, and uh, it's more of a evolution of the current engine than a revolution. It's gonna have more horsepower and, uh, and it's gonna go faster. As far as the time frame for that one, you know, we, we just started working on it. So we have designs, you know, we started working on the design of that thing. If you back up, from when we need to start having engines in the car ready to race probably around December of 2020 so the teams can start learning that engine. If you back that up, we need to probably start looking at, at testing the actual engine probably about this time next year that, that we need, need to have that out and running. Um, you know, we're scrambling to develop a new engine. You know, the infrastructure is not set up now to develop a new engine every year like it used to do. But, uh, you know, we're working on working through the designs. We're, we're trying to meet those deadlines to, to be ready when, you know, the bell is rung in, in uh, you know, effectively December of 2020 is when we have to start delivering those to our, to our partner team. So uh, the, the schedule is pretty tight. And, uh, and you know, so we're, we're cranking on it right now. Bruce. Yeah, so the, the question was, uh, you know, the transition is happening now. And so certainly Art and the HPD team have begun the process to prepare to meet the 21 engine uh, homologation spec. Uh, I'm coming in uh, green, really, to the sport and to the position. So really the key role or the key way in which we'll transition is uh, we, we've spent time, Art, this past month, and I'm here this week learning uh, IndyCar next week for the sports car. Uh, but really, my, my job is to uh, observe what's already begun, support, again, the amazing team, which, which is uh, uh, solid and stable, uh, and then look for uh, ways, as, as, as I answered the previous questions, to uh, 
take some calculated risk, you know, support an idea, as, as Art would have, I believe, at the same point. I'll just bring my particular flavor or style to it. So I think the key right now is for, for all of you, and, and especially for the folks that are hearing this back in the shop, you know, it, it, it's go time for this season. Next season will be the last year in the, in the homologation rule schedule, but it's also go time for 21. And, and so that balance of stability and calculated risk-taking is what I'll bring. And, and Bruce, if I, if I can add to that a little bit. So, you know, Ted and I have talked, you know, over the last few weeks, you know, philosophically, we're, we're fairly aligned in what we're doing. Our backgrounds are fairly similar on this. And uh, one thing to emphasize is the team at HPD, you know, from Steve Erickson on down is not changing. So, you know, there is continuity in what's going on. So, so we don't, neither Ted or I expect a, a big disruption in, in what's going on at HPD. John. It's a great question, I appreciate it. So the question was, you know, with the world rapidly changing and with electrification uh, being one of the legitimate ways to have a future sustainable society, you know, how can racing continue to lead? Because we're always at the pointy end of things. So we have a responsibility to challenge and uh, not only go fast, but to give back to the future. So yeah, in general, uh, uh, just so you all understand as, as a as a corporate red Honda, we've wanted to race an electrified uh, uh, sports car ever since we were imagining the original NSX. And that was not, that was a premature idea. And we have to find the balance between, you know, the economics of doing such a thing and then building that bridge to the future. So in general, not only me personally, but, but red honda is very interested in those opportunities and we've seen that come to fruition you know I, I love when we're out in front of these things uh so i'm looking for those opportunities but it has to be done at the right time and and just as we saw you know back in 2012 when we had these conversations it has to be done with with the uh you know the, the race organizers as well as the teams we got to really think it through and make sure we can support all these partnerships that make the series work for the fans. And then my final thought is, no matter what we do, it's gotta be visceral. When you see it, when you, when you smell it, when you, when you feel it, I mean, it has to be that visceral experience. That's why I'm here, and I think that's why my son's son or daughter, my son's daughter will be here. So those are my thoughts. I think uh, the best answer to that is, again, if we want to consider uh, being relevant for the future, uh, we have to do things that are both uh, feasible but push the envelope. Now, quite frankly, the reality is that the, the, the energy that you get from even a crazy push-the-envelope battery pack is just not today and feasible. So are we still interested? for when that might come to be, yes. But why wait? Why not take advantage 
again, art wasn't, you know, electrification takes many forms. And then the broader envelope is how can we race in a way that moves the needle towards a carbon sustainable society? So not only in the battery fuel, you know, other, other elements. So uh, I hope that answers the question and gives everyone a real hopeful, a hopeful outlook for our future. It's gonna be exciting towards 2025, right? It's gonna be super exciting. Don, did you have a question? So the question was, how, how all the effort that we did with this engine, he's asking, how, how much is going to the streetcars? So, uh, you know, this this IndyCar engine is a bespoke engine, and this series really demands a, a bespoke engine. However, a lot of the, when we say technology, but a lot of the techniques that we do to develop this engine and how we do it, a lot of our combustion modeling, we are at the, at the sharp end of, as Ted said, sharp end of development. And... Even though that, that the parts themselves, you know, don't directly translate over, although this was the first uh, direct injected engine that, that was put on the road by Honda. So, so this did leave the direct injection revolution that we have. But a lot of the techniques we've been working with our R&D facilities, both in Ohio and in Japan, to develop the techniques on, on how to model combustion, how, how, how to do more lean burn uh, combustion. Those types of things directly have translated over into our engines that, that we have in, uh, in the real world. You know, the, the new Accord engine, you know, sees the result of a lot of those things that, that happen. Yeah, I just want to jump in because I'm not exactly sure what my legacy will be beyond maintaining championship form and winning at least as many Indy races as Art did because we are counting as of April 1st. We'll, we'll be comparing and counting, just, just us two. You, you can keep count, too. too. Okay. It's my job. But, but this, is a great, this is a great question. So how do you take racing and make it relevant? And Art answered it accurately, that it's not just the actual bits that are in the, in the, the mechanical bits. There's this know-how and the know-how transfer that trickles down between the racing activities and the commercial activities. And... I believe that's a real opportunity for me to to bring that as strongly as possible. Uh, so uh, numerical methods, uh, uh, you know, intelligence amplification or AI. So how we use these performance data points to to make the engine go faster here, but also to make our commercial products better. So, so the question is, do we, do we send engineers back and forth uh, between racing and uh, R&D? And, and the, the answer is, is yes, we, we do do that. Um, probably not with as much frequency as we would like to, but there is active plans to actually have more uh, what we call assignments, you know, that, that we go back to R&D and whatnot. So I think at HPD we have maybe six associates right now, that, or maybe seven maybe seven associates now that, that, that came from R&D. So, so there is some transfer back and forth. The, uh, we have very constant communication with R&D. 
So the the current sports car engine that, that we're running with the in the DPI at this point, that was actually co-developed between Honda R&D Associates and HPD Associates when that happened. So there was a lot of, of communication and flow of information back and forth. So so there is that open link between the, the racing organization and the and the production car R&D organization. So. We'll take two more questions. Unfortunately, Wolfgang isn't here today, so he doesn't get both of them. Um, Christopher. Yeah, I, I, it's a good pressure. You know, I, I don't feel the pressure like the rest of the team just out of a, an ignorance out of what it actually is to be here and do it. So it it will continue to build throughout the season. And uh, But just like every other human being, uh, when you're in the winner's circle at the end of the race, I mean, that's when you feel uh, the joy of winning. And then that will feed the pressure for the following week. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. It's a good pressure. And I have a lot of confidence in all our partners on the back end of the shop and on the front end of the shop. So we'll bookend the Q&A. First question from Mark, last question from Mark. I'm sorry, Mark, I didn't, I, I didn't get that full question there. So, can you do that one again? Okay, so, so, so the question was, was, with a bigger displacement engine, will you have more opportunity for a bigger delta at push to pass? And the, the second one was, with this new engine, will we have our own development test program? Okay. On track. So the answer is yes and yes. Uh, so the, the first one, because, but it's not because we have a big, bigger displacement engine. It's because the rules have stated that, that, that the push-to-pass delta is just going to be bigger. So, so, so the, the boost level between you know normal operation and push to pass is going to be higher in the new engine that's based on just just the rules and the way they set up so uh i'm gonna to have to get back to you on that one i i i, I hate to be quoted on this but but i i think it's another five millibars delta or not millibars but a kpa uh delta but i i'll have to get back to you on that one and as far as a uh, having an on-track test program we will absolutely have to have an on-track test program. We haven't quite worked out the mechanics of how that's going to happen, but we definitely will have you know, our teams run our engines on track as we figure out. You know, the one thing I can guarantee about developing a new engine, especially a new race engine, is it's going to break. So it's in our best interest to, to break that engine as early as we possibly can so we have enough time to fix it. So we will, we will be using our partner teams to, to run that on track. Now, how we're going to do that, who we're going to do it with, how many teams, that type of stuff still has to be worked out. We're still in the you know, early design phase of that, so that's a little bit further down the road of, of the mechanics. But you know, th there's several things that have to happen. We have to get our contract with IndyCar you know, cleared up. 
because right now the, 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 the contract doesn't go into the new engine. Our partner teams, we haven't signed on yet, so we'll work through that. We're, we're still hoping for a third manufacturer to come on board as well, so, so that'll lead to a little bit of, of shuffling around as well. But uh, you know, all those things we'll take into consideration, and we will put together a robust test plan to be ready to answer the bell, as I said earlier in my talk here, that, that uh, we have to be ready on time. The race will happen. So we have to be ready to go, and, and we're, we're planning for success in that. And Ted's going to be you know, driving that schedule you know, moving forward. And with that, we'll wrap it up. Speaking of being on time, I think lunch has been served on time. Um, so I hope you will all take the opportunity to join us. Thank you very much for being here today. Thanks to both of our guests, Art Saints here, Ted Klaus. Enjoy the rest of your weekend.